I want to thank you for subscribing to our podcast and for listening today. Feel free if you would like uh, to rate and review us. Uh, we would also love to connect with you. If you would like to, to speak to a pastor or if you would want more information about our church, you can text CONNECT to 903 586 6520 and we will uh, certainly follow up with you if you would like to uh, support the ministry here at, at fellowship bible church uh, we would greatly appreciate that uh, we have worked hard to improve our our video quality and our online capabilities so that you can watch us during this uh, difficult time away safely from a distance so uh, if you would if you would like to support the ministry here you can text give to the same number 903-586-6520 we would greatly appreciate your support and again thank you for listening in How do you respond when tough times come? Where do you go for answers? And who do you look to for comfort? Some look to themselves. They pull themselves up by their own bootstraps and work their way through a problem. They rely upon their, their own wisdom for answers and their own strength for support. Some rely upon others, friends and, and family for support and for comfort and for courage and for strength. Some call on the experts, depending upon the problem, depends upon the expert they call upon. Where do you go when times get tough? Where are God's people to go first? What should be our first response when times get difficult. We learn the answer from Jesus in Luke chapter 18. If you have your Bibles, turn there. Luke chapter 18, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 8 this morning. In this passage, Jesus is speaking to His disciples and is telling them how they are to live until He returns. He, is, he has made it clear in the previous passage that He is returning. He has made that clear throughout the Gospel of Luke. And while He does not tell us when, He assures us that He is, and He lets us know, He lets His disciples know, He lets us, His greater listening audience know that we are to be ready for that day when He returns. We are to live ready. In our text this morning, Jesus has words for His disciples on how they are to face life as His followers in a fallen world until the time when He returns. Life is going to get hard for these disciples. Jesus knows that. He, he tells them that. He says this in Luke 21, 17. You will be hated by all for my name's sake. John 16, 2. They will put you out of the synagogue. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think 
that he is offering service to God. Jesus says, those in your family will disown you. Religious leaders will oppose you. Your, your families who are with you, they will suffer alongside you. You will suffer emotionally and mentally and physically. You'll be oppressed. You'll be marginalized, arrested, beaten, even killed for my sake, Jesus says. And in the midst of this difficult time, you're going to be tempted to lose hope. Ever been tempted to lose hope? My guess is that there are some here, some listening online this morning who are there. Christ has the response. He has the response for His disciples. He has the response for us in these challenging and dark times. Believers, Jesus tells us what our response is to be when times get tough and when we're tempted to lose hope. His advice comes to us at the very beginning of Luke chapter 18. In verse 1, He says to always pray and not lose heart. Always pray. Pray always. Do not lose heart. Okay, Graham, how do we do that? Well, that's the purpose of the parable that Jesus tells us here. I'm going to read it for us, and then we're going to break it down further and draw out some key points of encouragement from this parable that help us to always pray and not lose heart when times get tough. Luke chapter 18, hear the Word of God, believers. Beginning in verse 1. And He told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused. But afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Verse 6, And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to His elect who cry to Him day and night? Will He delay long over them? I tell you, He will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on earth? Let's pray together. Father, help us in the difficult times, in the dark times that we at times find ourselves in, to not forget, but to cling to Your person and Your promises. May that encourage us to pray without ceasing. May that encourage us to not lose heart. Show us wonderful, encouraging truths from Your Word today about the way You relate to us. May that help us to stand strong no matter the season. 
for our joy and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I asked a moment ago how you respond when tough times come. Have you ever been tempted to lose heart? Again, my guess is there are some here, some listening online who are there this morning. Maybe you're so low that you can't even get the words out of your mouth to pray. When you pray, you don't feel as if your prayers lift above the ceiling. Been there? Maybe you feel as if you're completely forgotten. That you've been cast aside. That you're on your own. And you're beginning to lose heart. Jesus has a timely word for you in this passage. Don't ever say that you can't hear God. He speaks clearly through His Word. And He has a word for you today. A very simple yet important word. He wants you to keep praying and keep trusting. Keep praying and keep trusting. He not only says it, but He encourages it in the story He tells. Let's look at it again. Amazing story. Very simple, but powerful and effective. Jesus tells us that there was a judge. And this judge did not fear God and he did not respect people. Now, to our lawyers in here, Brett Brewer, not the kind of judge you want, right? That's a, that's a double whammy right there. If, if I'm the disciples listening in right now, I'm not encouraged yet. There's this judge who does not fear God, does not respect people, and it's about to get worse. There's a widow in the city in need of justice from him. Now in this day, there was not a more lowly person than a widow. Widows have little money. They have little influence. We're told she kept coming to him and kept saying, give me justice against my adversary. And at first in verse 4, we're told he refused her. This is bad, isn't it? You have, this, you have this judge who does not fear God, does not respect anyone. You have this lowly widow going before him to plead to him for justice, and he refused her. From the outside, looking in, it's a lose-lose situation, right? You have a lady in the wrong position coming before the wrong judge. But notice what she does. She is persistent, isn't she? She comes before him again and again and again. She keeps coming. She keeps pleading for justice, and we're told that he finally breaks. He basically tells her, while I have no fear of God, I don't care about you, I don't care what happens to you, nor do I care about anyone else or anything related to you, I'll give you what you desire so that you'll stop driving me crazy and leave me alone. It's in my words, but that's basically what he says. He gives her what she wants so that she'll get out of his hair. We see in this parable, like we saw with the pesky neighbor preparing for uninvited guests in Luke 11, that the one who practices persistence gets assistance. Okay, But that's not the main thrust. 
of this parable. Jesus is telling His disciples that when times get tough and they are tempted to lose hope, they are to always pray and not lose heart. And He uses the response of a godless, unloving judge to a persistent widow, His response as an encouragement for them to do this. Now, why why does He give this example? He explains. There are three things Jesus says by way of encouragement to His disciples that serve to help them here to pray without ceasing and to not lose heart when times get tough. Three things. Number one, you're to pray without ceasing and not lose heart knowing that God is always listening and ready to answer. Remember that God is always listening and He is ready to answer. Jesus is making the argument from lesser to greater here. He does it again here. He does it quite a bit during His teaching ministry. He, he, this was popular uh, amongst the rabbis. It's the teaching that says, if A is true, how much more so should B be true? Jesus is basically telling His disciples, get this, if a godless, unloving judge will rule in favor of a persistent widow, how much more so will a kind and loving God rule in favor of His people who cry out to Him again and again and again and again? Look at verse 7. He says, will not God give justice to His elect who cry to Him day and night? Will He delay long over them? No, He'll respond quickly, won't He? He cares, and He is just. He's nothing like that unjust judge. He's not. He gives to His children like a loving father gives to His children. Remember in Luke 11, verses 11 through 13, Jesus said this, What father among you If his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? I love the way Jesus taught. It's real simple. It's real simple to follow, isn't it? A father, a loving father, doesn't give bad gifts to his kids. Am I right, dads? Don't. He loves his children. He's not going to answer their their earnest request with an evil substitute. If a son asks for a fish, he's not going to give him a serpent. If he asks for an egg, he's not going to respond by giving him a scorpion. Jesus says if that's true of a father who is sinful and wicked, if you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him. If an unjust judge will give justice to a persistent widow in time, how much more so will a just God give justice to His persistent 
people. Jesus is saying, God is nothing like that unjust judge. We need to hear this, don't we? Because when we're hurting, that's exactly what we think. Be honest. When times get tough, we are tempted to think God doesn't care. He doesn't care. Jesus, his point in this story is to show his disciples he cares. God cares. He cares. Jesus paints his picture of an unjust judge to show you think you're in a tough spot? Picture a widow needing justice from a godless, unloving, unjust judge. Your God's not like that. You may think when the storms of this life hit that He's just on His throne, disinterested in what you're going through, or maybe He has more cosmic concerns than your little problems, and He's over, overlooked you. You may think that, but you would be wrong in thinking that. Listen, God's not like that. He is more willing to hear, listen to this, He is more willing to hear and answer your prayer than you are to pray it. Did you know that? Think about that. Believers, I pray that give you encouragement this morning and the motivation you need to always pray no matter what and not lose heart. Get this, that's not all. That's just point number one. How about that? Look at point number two. Remember that God has chosen you to be His child. Look at verse 7 again. Will not God give justice to His elect who cry to Him day and night? Will He delay long over them? You know, it is a shame. It is a downright shame that the biblical doctrine, it is a biblical doctrine of election has become so despised and divisive and debated among some today. That's not Paul's intent when he first introduced it in Ephesians 1. That's not Jesus' intent here in Luke 18. It was meant to comfort and encourage God's people. Jesus is saying here, don't you realize who you are? You're not a widow without resources and influence before an ungodly and unloving and unjust judge. You are a chosen child of God's. Before you existed, He loved you. So much so that He sent His Son to die in your place to forgive you and to restore you into a right relationship with Him. You're a chosen child of God. You're a child of the King coming before the King as your Father in need. Wow! Right? He loves you. He chose you. He forgave you. He restored you. He ransomed you. He saved you. He adopted you. You are His chosen child. The unjust judge could have cared less about that widow. He sided with her just to get her out of his sight. That's not who you are. 
You're chosen. Do me a favor today, believers. When you leave here, don't leave this place arguing and, and, and all divisive over this doctrine, the doctrine of election. Go out of this place and praise God for it. You would be lost, helpless, hopeless, shipwrecked spiritually without it. This doctrine, the fact that you were chosen by God, should give you the hope that you so desperately need, the drive you need to persistently go before God's throne of grace in need in the storms of this life, praying without ceasing and never losing heart. That's what should result from that doctrine. Last point. The reason you should be steadfast and stand firm and pray without ceasing and not lose heart in the storms of this life is because God will set everything right in the end. Amen? Well, that's comforting. God's going to set everything right in the end. Look at verses 7 and 8 again. And will not God give justice to His elect who cry to Him day and night? Will He delay long over them? I tell you, He will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on the earth? So Jesus says here, will not God give justice to His elect? Will He delay long over them, over the prayers of His elect, the cries of His people? He says, I tell you, He will give them justice speedily. When? When the Son of Man comes. Ultimately, when, when Christ returns. Now, before Jesus' death, and, and even after His death, and during His post-resurrection ministry, before His ascension, He prepares His disciples for life without Him. Yes, He assures them that the Spirit will come and indwell them and empower them for ministry. Yes, He promises to be with them. Remember, Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come to you. And He comes to them through the Spirit. The Spirit applies the work of Christ. And through faith, they are, they are in Him, in Christ. Yes, Christ promises victory and blessing in life, but He also assures them that in this life, there are going to be trials. It's going to be difficult. There's going to be tragedy. Losses and crosses as you continue to live for me in this broken and fallen world. But he, he also assures them that He is returning soon for them to be with them. And when He comes, He is bringing justice for God's enemies. Justice for His people's enemies. So when Christ returns... He will save His own and He will judge His enemies. Those set against Him will not be cleared when He appears. They will stand guilty. They will be condemned. And get this, it will be right for the Lord to do that because God is just. He's just. Christ is coming to right all that we have wronged by our, our sin. When He returns, the guilty will be condemned. Those trusting in Christ alone for salvation, the faithful will be made right. They'll be like Him when they see Him as He is. And this world will be made new. Jesus reminds us of this so that 
When times get tough, we always pray and not lose heart. When's he coming? We're told he's coming to give justice speedily. He's coming soon. And some of you are thinking, well, Grant, it's been 2,000 years since he came the first time. Did Christ miscalculate? Is that what's going on here? Two things for you to keep in mind about the delay in Christ's coming. First is time from God's perspective. That's important for you to have. If you can have it, <laughs> you try to wrap your mind around it. Peter tried to help us with it in his epistle, 2 Peter 3.8. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Tom Schreiner, when commenting on this verse of Scripture, says believers should not be concerned about the so-called delay of Christ's coming. The passage of a thousand years, after all, is like the, 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 the passing. The passing of a thousand years is, after all, like the passing of a single day to Him. So you have to consider time from God's perspective. You also have to consider God's patience when, when considering the delay of Christ coming. Again, Peter helps us with this. 2 Peter 3.9 The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So the reason for God's delay is because God is patient. There are more who are His who have yet to repent of sin and believe on His Son. For that reason, Jesus' return is delayed at present. So believers, we still got work to do, don't we? We do. Each day, we witness further delay in the Lord's coming is another day we have to share and show Christ with the lost around us so that they see Christ in us, learn Christ from us, hear Christ, from our words and respond in repentance and faith to Him. That's the great assignment that Christ left us, right? He called for us to be His witnesses and to make disciple, making disciples for Him so that His gospel would spread, so that His kingdom would advance. His return is imminent. He's coming. You can bank on that. And when He returns... He is bringing salvation for His own and judgment for the guilty. Therefore, we must go now and make His gospel message known. Are you ready for Christ's return? Jesus asked a very important question at the end of this passage. After promising that He will return and He'll bring justice speedily, he asked whether he will find faith on earth when he returns. Will he find it? The question is directed toward his disciples, and we know the answer for most of them is a resounding yes. True followers of Christ, he will find faith in them. We believe in the perseverance of the saints. Those who are truly his, they will keep trusting, keep following, keep believing, keep standing strong till the end. They will persevere. The question for you this morning is this. Are you in that group? 
Are you truly a follower of Christ? Have you been changed from the inside out? We learn pretty quickly in Scripture that there are some numbered with Christ's disciples who are not with Christ's disciples. They're in the group, but they're not a part of the group. Are you? Have you forsaken your sin? Have you turned from your sin? Are you trusting in God's Son alone for your salvation? Are you persevering in the faith, standing strong for Christ? Have you given your life to Christ? Have you been transformed from the inside out through the inward work of the Spirit? Are you growing in godliness? Will you be found faithful when Christ returns because you belong to Him? If the answer is no, now is the time. Today is the day to make this right. Repent of your sins today. Turn from your sin. Fall at the feet of King Jesus today and be saved. While Christ's return is currently delayed, He's coming. As we talked about last week, He's coming someday soon. And that someday might be today. And when He appears, it'll be too late for you. Again, let's return to Peter's words. 2 Peter 3, first part, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar. Jesus is returning someday soon, and the guilty will not be cleared. His enemies will be judged. They will be condemned. You don't know when that day will be, so you better respond today if you have not. By turning from your sin and falling before the feet of King Jesus in faith to be saved. If you have not, I urge you to do that today. Let's pray together.